Welcome to PIWC Worcester's podcast. Thank you for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit illuminate your hearts. Jehovah, you are the most high. shortly for just a brief meditation here. Psalms 124. Yes, Lord, you are. You are, you are, you are. Psalm 124, reading from the first verse to the eighth. And I want this to be your proclamation and acknowledgement of this great God and what he's done even for us this whole year of 2020. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel say, I want to put your name, your family, PWC there. Let the Badoos say, let PWC say. If he had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, and when then they would have swallowed us alive, when the wrath was kindled against us, then the waters would have overwhelmed us and the stream would have gone over our soul. Then the swollen waters would have gone over our souls. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. <laughs> oh, blessed be the name of the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our souls have escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken. The snare is broken. And we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made the heavens and the earth. That is our declaration this morning. Lord, we appreciate you. We acknowledge you. For how far you have brought us. It's not about turkey. It's not about cranberry sauce. 
but it's a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving that we try and attempt to offer unto you this morning. Acknowledging, O oh God, that you are our help in times of need, our shield and our buckler. You will not let us be meat for the teeth of the enemy. You will not constrict us and lead us to the snare of the fowler, but you have broken the snare and our souls have escaped. Oh, how we thank you. How we honor you. Somebody just lift up and just lift your hands and begin to open your mouth and bless the name of the Lord. From the bottom of your heart, lift the name of the Lord up. Receive all glory, Lord. Receive all glory, Lord. Yes. We earn you. We give you praise, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Receive all glory, Jesus. Receive all glory, Jesus. Receive all glory, Jesus. Somebody worship the Lord. You deserve a glory, Lord. You deserve a praise. You deserve a glory. You deserve a praise. There is none like you, Jesus. We bring sacrifice of praise into the house. Sacrifice of praise, I pray. 
Sacrifices, thanksgiving, and we offer all to you. Who sacrifices all praise? Receive it, O oh God. Receive it, O oh God. We thank you. Yes, we thank you. Have your way in our midst, maybe now and forevermore. We shall all the same shout a big amen. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. We want to bless the Lord for today and for the opportunity to be in his presence. Those of you that are watching from home, we thank the Lord for your lives. And we thank God for giving us the opportunity for you to join us, even as we listen to his word. I was watching TBN uh, over the week, during the Thanksgiving week, and uh, they were showing the first day that the Mayflower boat or ship landed, and the first, if you will, immigrant from Europe landed uh, on this land called America. And it talks about all the historical, uh, if you will, parallels that back in the days, this great country that was founded upon one simple foundation um, and how now it seems to be derailing or if you will, kind of shaking. And then it showed a statue, a monument, um, and then the narrator says, this is the biggest monument that has been erected or made out of pure granite in this country. In other words, it's huge. On top of that monument is a person standing with a Bible in her hand, and his, actually, I think it's a female, uh, her hand, a finger like that, pointing to heaven, and that was faith. The basic foundation with which this country was established, faith. Not faith in themselves or their might, their military strength, but faith in God, the creator of the universe. 
And then he gets to the second level, if you will, of the statue. And then you have people surrounding that statue. And then each one of them represented something huge. The first one says morality. The other one is education or knowledge. And then they have law or justice. And I'm looking at it and the narrator is kind of going on and on and on. And how this country was established upon the principles of Christ Jesus. And then he relates it to how our generation have no clue. Or even if we do, seem not to care. And then he goes on and says, and we wonder why things are the way they are. When the presence of the Lord departs, from the midst of his people, we cease to function. As a matter of fact, we may exist, but the purpose of which the Creator had in mind for every single one of us, being individual, being a nation, being a church, ceases to function. And so even as today is a Thanksgiving service, as I was Meditating upon the Lord and say, what are we going to be talking about? Because I know we've started our church series and we want to get this done. And then also during the week, we kind of mix it up with claiming your Pentecost. And I was telling my wife, oh boy, God has a sense of humor. Mixing Holy Ghost with Turkey. Mixing Holy Ghost with Turkey. But he does what he wants. And so he says, go on and let's go on and teach your series. And lo and behold, I dig into scripture and I realized that we were on church number five. And what is in church number five and what I had the opportunity to watch on TBN and all the stuff that we talked about during this week's Holy Ghost conference, so to speak, were just in sync like that. I'm like, that's how he does his stuff. So today we would continue to talk about the state of our church in the end times. With a heart of thanksgiving and how far the Lord has brought us and how far he's taken us. It's a song that I was a young man, I loved so much. It says, he's brought me this far and he's going to take me all the way. Some of the oldies here remember that. He's brought me this far and he's going to take me all the way. God has brought us from January up to November. Boy, he is definitely going to take us through this year. And we are in an expectation that 2021 will be awesome. Oh, I said it will be awesome. And maybe talking about the fact that you hear that there is vaccine. Vaccine or not, this great God will cause it to be awesome. Even in the name of Jesus. So don't lose hope. Don't give up. Stand established in this Christ. Watch him do his thing. Revelations 3. Reading from verse 1. Revelations chapter 3. Last week we had a privilege to talk about the church of Tyre. 
or Tytyra. And the Lord spoke to us concerning the seduction spirit. The fact that we need to be vigilant. Don't sell ourselves cheap. Let someone come steal us as a bride from him, the groom. Let's see what he's talking about the church of Sardis. And to the angel of the church of Sardis, write, these things says, and look at the description that he gives himself concerning Sardis. You realize that in every single one of the churches, as he writes to them, as he speaks to them, he gives an introduction of who he is. And it's specific to what is going on in that particular church. Again, I want to remind you that as we go through these churches, you've got to acknowledge the fact that it is us, it is me, and it is you. Not some church down the street. Not some sister didn't show up this morning, but it is us. Oh, hallelujah. These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and seven stars. I know your works. That you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Not a particularly encouraging message for Thanksgiving Sunday. I'm not sure why the Spirit was just impressing upon me to continue. Because usually I would want to ask him for a word that fits a particular occasion. I know your works. You have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have found your works not perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard and hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garment. Glory be to the Lord. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says to the churches. And the church shouted a big amen. The church of Sardis. A little bit of history, as we always do. The fifth church amongst the seven. Sardis is about 30, 40 miles, according to church history and historians, from Titara. About the same distance from Smyrna, as we've all studied those two churches. Except Sardis had a great reputation. It says that it was a very wealthy city. They were well known for their opulence, great wealth. And so you realize that the, the manufacturing industry was in Sardis, jewelry, textile, all these industrial, so to speak, um, affluence 
and, and elitism and wealth and riches were seen in Sardis. To make it even better, the city was built on a hill. And so they are sitting on a hill and it was a great strategic security position. And so even if enemies were to attack them, they would see you from the hill before you can climb up to them. So you can describe them as a well-positioned, well-financed, well-resourced city. And the church in Sardis also reflected the same. So in our days, it would be maybe one with great edifice, great resource. When it's time for offering, pastor doesn't talk much. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And people say, pastor, what can we buy? Sardis. Because they were wealthy. So God, through the revelation of Christ through John, gives them credit in that regard. Except he's saying that that reputation is just full. It's not legit. It's just a covering. It's just a mask. What it is, is though the appearance of riches, appearance of highly educated, appearance of elitism, appearance of we don't lack nothing, appearance of all these great opulence, and the appearance by virtue of the carnal mind representing the fact that you are alive when you're rich, you are alive when you have resources, you are alive when you have all that you want. In my eyes, you are dead. What a word to get up in the morning and hear God say that to you. Now your reputation amongst here in Worcester, your reputation at work, boy, your reputation at home, your reputation amongst your colleagues as pastors and elders seem to be that you are on fire for me. You are alive. But when I weigh you on my scale, I realize that you need resuscitation. That's a deep thing. For God to tell his church. But here in Sardis, he says exactly that. I want to digress a little bit and talk about the description that he gives himself. The seven spirits of the Lord. Write these things to the church. And let him know that he who has the seven spirits of God, all the Lord, is speaking. Now, that is a deep, if you will, theological consult that people debate about. I, I just don't want us to just get confused. That's why I just want to highlight a little bit on it. Because Scripture does not specifically tell us what it means in there, in this context, we can draw inferences from it. Now, the first inference, as most of you may already know, is Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Where the prophecy of the prophet Isaiah talks about Christ Jesus having the spirit of the Lord upon him. And then they were seven, so to speak. So when you read Isaiah 11 too, he talks about the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of power, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. All encompassed in one person of Christ. 
And so that could be one aspect of what Jesus was trying to explain to them and say, look, I got all, so to speak. And I fill my church to the brim. There is no aspect, no corner, no area that I don't operate. And so I am speaking from the advantage point or the vantage point of knowledge, of power, of discernment, of understanding, and of worship. And because of that, I can weigh who is on my side and who is not. Who connects to me and who does not. By virtue of that, he will talk into the church in Sardis. The second one that we can also draw inference with is the number seven. So throughout scripture, the number seven represents either complete or perfect. Thank God I was born on the seventh. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Don't be jealous. It's just grace. Just grace. I don't know why that connection came in. <laughs> But seven is perfect, complete, full. And so Jesus here is trying to say that I am the one who possesses the complete, perfect spirit, full spirit. And I move in my church to the fullest, to the brim, to perfection. I stand for per perfection. I stand for excellence. The only perfect, full, complete spirit that you and I know, according to scripture, is the Holy Spirit. And so in a sense, I am flowing within my church and discerning and grading and evaluating and determining who is alive and who is dead. In a sense, I am diagnosing, scanning, MRI, CT scan to determine which of my churches are actively pursuing my purpose. Spiritual diagnosis. And he says, when I see and I discern and I scan, you are dead. Except, sadly enough, people outside think you are alive. Let, let that sink in a little bit in your spirit. Because that shook me myself. Brings me back to Nebuchadnezzar's son who just defiled God. And he says, I've weighed you on a scale and I found you wanting. I found you wanting. I scan the innermost parts of the being to weigh your spiritual vitality, says the Lord. I am so much interested in what is the inward worship as opposed to the outward appearance, says the Lord. I am able to connect to those whose spiritual antennas are active and sensitive to my promptings. And so when I connect, I can find you. And hitherto, when you connect, you can find me. Excuse me, those of you that have T-Mobile. Just like you go into some place and all of a sudden your call just drops. And the fact is you are far away from the, what do you guys call it? the central post or the central satellite, whatever the case may be. And because I am the source of your life, the source of your existence, if you are disconnected from me, then you are dead. You are in the process of dying. Church, 
This is what the Lord is telling us. Three diagnoses. I know that you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. In other words, they had great edifices, great music worship, great church, great pastors, great elders, all the great whatever you can describe with. But they were just plain church. They were not the true church, but plain church. Diagnose number two. Make sure that you strengthen yourself with the least and the few that are left behind. Because those are also about to die. And number three. I weighed your works and they aren't perfect in the sight of God. In other words, they are carnally done. And I deserve and expect a spiritual sacrifice says the Lord. In Matthew 23, 27 to 28, Jesus makes a very profound statement, which is in line with what we're talking about. If you want to turn quickly with me to Matthew, Gospel 23, verse 27 to 28. Jesus speaking to the Pharisees and the scribes. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like a whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful on the outward, but inside are full of dead man's bones. Hello? And all uncleanness, even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. That's not pleasant. 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. Apostle Paul also talking in this same line. It's important that we know these things so that as the Lord speaks to us, we don't say, ah, that's not me, ah, that's not us. But we humbly let the Spirit of God work in us and bring the perfection that He deserves and desires from us. 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. But you know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Disobedient to parents. Disobedient to parents. Hello? Hmm. Unthankful, unappreciative, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal. Despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And then the verse 5 is what he hammers for me. In other words, these things are all going to happen in the end days. And boy, lo and behold, we've seen them in our days. Verse 5. They have a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away from. This is what Paul was telling Timothy. The state of God's church, which is you as an individual and even us as a corporate body. That we love some form of godliness. We love some form of religion. We love some form of spirituality. But the essence of the power thereof that brings transformation and keeps us alive in the eyes of God we reject. 
the scripture is telling us that for such people, for such church, for such institution, for such organizations, for such associations, turn away from them. Because it will cause you also to die. But this morning we pray for mercy. Oh, I say we pray for mercy. The Father, we will not die. We will live to declare your goodness. Display the glorious manifestation of the Spirit that indwells us. That everyone that sees us will know that indeed the Spirit of the Lord lives in us. Not only that, but in your eyes, you would weigh us as my people. And we shall call you our God. That is our prayer. PRWC, it is my fervent prayer that this description of sadness would not be said concerning us. That all see that we speak articulately, we speak English, we got money, we educated, whatever it is, in the sight of mere men, but in the sight of God, we are dead. We rebuke that description in the name of Jesus. The God will know that I endow them with wisdom, I endow them with knowledge, I endow them with grace, I endow them with intellect, but above all, my spirit reigns in them. And my spirit moves them to do my will. That is our prayer. When I first stepped in Pierre Obisi, I said one thing that almost kind of spoke French is the fact that people think, oh, as for those Abrofu people, as for those Pierre, they are not spiritual enough. Who says that? And somewhere, somehow, it seems to be. Why would an educated man clout your spiritual life? Why would you allow the grace and the, and the blessings and the elevation of social statuses that the Lord has blessed you with clout the spirit of God that is in you and keeping you alive? But sadly so, like Sardis, many of us do likewise. This morning the Lord is speaking to us. Oh, I know somebody is six feet behind you, but shout and say, it says, bro, the Lord is speaking to you. Signs of these dead church, lack of transformative ministry. There's minimal discipleship and a desire for discipleship and spiritual formation. Everybody thinks they know. So we don't want to grow anymore. Lack of passion and enthusiasm for the mission of Christ. So winning. During the week when the Lord was speaking to us, I made it clear that if you want to see the power of God actively at work, ask God to put a burden on you. And when God places a burden on your heart, he will equip you to accomplish that task. Desire said, Lord, I want to get up every morning at least speak to somebody about your love and grace. God will give you the spirit of utterance. And as you speak, it may be mere words, but words will pierce the hearts of people and bring them to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The signs would follow service. But the dead church is that which lacks the passion to do the mission of God. Lack of personal devotion to the things of the spirit. Lack of spiritual matured leaders and shepherds. Become position-minded as opposed to servanthood. <laughs> Mercy. Christotainment mindset as opposed to Christocentric 
philosophy. The moment we shift from the focus of exalting God through Christ Jesus to a mindset of personal gratification of, oh, I felt good in that worship, we've missed the mark. Let me repeat that. The moment you come to church and your focus is how the worship song and how the drama and how Elder uh, um, Toad did some course on the keyboard made you feel. As opposed to how the whole worship experience exalted Christ. If that becomes our mindset, we have failed. We become a dead church. Because we are just self-gratifying each other. As opposed to exalting Christ. And his spirit that is in us feels aggrieved. Feels quenched. So what are these people doing? This sounds like a social club as opposed to a place where my spirit can dwell. I am talking about a dead church. I pray that the spirit of the Lord will convict our hearts to that. That throughout the last days of 2020, you allow the spirit to kind of do some resuscitation on you. So that when you get to 2021, it is a new complete slate. Your lifestyle is different. Your mannerism is different. Your devotion is different. Your worship is different. Your philosophy in life has changed. And so when we come here, we don't even need to, sometimes it feels like we want to warm ourselves up. No, you're already warmed up. Why? Because the spirit already is staring up in you. That is our prayer. That is our prayer. That church where social affiliations and benefits supersede faithful devotion. Social affiliation. I just want to belong to that church so when something happens then I can get some help. Yes, those are all good. Those are fringe benefits. But your priority must be your personal devotion to Christ. I hope I'm speaking to somebody in this house. How then can we get back on track even as we go through this? Doing that requires that we analyze ourselves to see the cause of death. When Jesus describes himself as the one who carries the seven spirits, he was talking about the power of the Holy Spirit fully and completely and actively at work in the individual Christian as well as the corporate body of Christ. And therefore, when we disconnect from his presence, we die. It's as simple as that. John 15, 4 to 8. Gospel, John 15. Jesus speaking here. Abide in me, and I in you. Talking about relationship, having the connection intact, in sync. Unbreakable bond. Abide, dwell, find your abode in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. It's as simple as that. I am the vine, you are the branches. 
He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. The opposite is also true. For without me, you can do nothing. If you stay in Christ and if you are so passionate about the things of Christ, you are consumed by the ministry of Christ, the service of Christ, then Jesus is saying you will bear much fruit. Your source of existence and living is in him. Therefore, if you were to disconnect, then you are on your own and there's no source of life supply. And result, you die. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and it's withered, dead. They gather them and throw them into a fire and it's burned because it's of no use. Causes of death, disconnection from the presence of the Lord. Number two, dissociation from the word and the spirit. The association from the word and the spirit. Same John Gospel, 6, 63 and 64. Jesus speaking here again. It is the spirit that gives life. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, somebody, you might want to say, it is the spirit of the Lord that gives me life. Say it with passion. It is the spirit of God that gives me life. Job would say, the spirit of the Lord made me, formed me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Here, yeah, Jesus is re-emphasizing that. It is a spirit, the Holy Spirit, that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And then he goes on. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. This is a great, all the mathematicians here, you can form an equation with this. It is a spirit that gives life. Flesh profits nothing. The words that I'm speaking to you, according to Jesus, they are the spirit, and by virtue of that, they give life. And then he goes on 64 to say, but there are some of you who do not believe. It is my prayer and the mercies of God that as we come and we listen, irrespective of who stands here to preach, that the Spirit of the Lord will cause us to receive the Word of the Lord. Not only that, but to believe the Word of God. It is the Spirit that gives life. And by virtue of that, the Spirit operates through the Word of God to bring life. To bring life. Jesus would say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the word. Dissociation from the word of God and the spirit of the Lord leads to death. Because it is a spirit that gives life. And the word is that spirit that is full of life. So if you want life, stick to the word. Connect to the spirit of the Lord. And he will grant you life. How do we then prevent this? Because he says, remember therefore how you have received and heard and hold fast and repent. Hold fast 
and repent. How do we prevent death? Even as we wrap up quickly and pray. In John eleven thirty eight to 44, there's a very popular scripture and story that as I was preparing, the Lord just took me there. And John 11 is the death of Lazarus. And you and I know that story very well. Friends of Jesus, the Bible even emphasizes that Jesus loved him, dies. Finally, Jesus lands there. Three, four days now, the corpse is in the tomb. And so Martha, as always, isn't amazing that Mary didn't talk much, but Martha always kind of has something to say. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. This is what he's saying. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, emphasis of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. In other words, the situation is hopeless. It's, it's, it's bad. The, the, the church is bad. The, the fellowship is bad. My spiritual life right now, boy, I can't even connect anymore. It's bad. And then Jesus answers her. Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? The previous scripture that we just read says, the spirit gives life. These words that I speak to you, they are life and they are spirit. Except some of you do not believe. Here, Jesus is saying the same thing to Martha. Have I not told you that if only you would believe, you would see the glory of the Lord? Then they took away the stone. This is what Jesus had instructed. Remove the stone. And they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by here, that this may be believed that you sent me. Now when he has said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Verse 44. And he who had died, Oh, hallelujah. He who had died came out bound hand and foot and with grave clothes. I just want you to pay attention to that. Great analogy here. Bound hands and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. And this is the pronouncement Jesus said to them. Loose him. And let him go. Loose him. And let him go. Church. We may find ourselves. You may find yourself. I may find myself bound up. Hands. Legs. Face. Because of the lack of spiritual vitality. We may even be shoved in a tomb. And as Jesus said in Matthew, the tomb may be decorated with all kinds of whitewashed paint, with wreaths all over the place, and people look at it as beautiful, but inside are dead situations. This morning, the Lord says, if only you will believe in him, in his word, in his fellowship of the Holy Spirit that he's given us, 
then he will speak in your life. Loose him. And immediately they took all that was bound on this man. And he who was dead received life. This morning, receive life. Ah, I prophesy upon you, receive life. That you will not be bound. You have great potential. Men may look at your inadequacies, but God sees your potential. And you're walking as though you can move. Hey, may God bring deliverance. That there will not be any element of death in your life. People will see you and you and say, what's going on? This boy, the spirit of the Lord is on fire in me. Ezekiel says, well, I didn't want to speak as well, but boy, his words were like fire in my bones. Even though I want to stop, I can't stop. May the fire of the Holy Ghost fill somebody anew this morning. That we don't come apathetic, aloof, unconcerned, wanting somebody to rev us up. No, you are the rever. You are the one, the engine that God is looking up to. That in your campus, you will bring change. In your home, you will bring change. In here, PWC, you will bring change. That's you. But somehow you are bound spiritually. The potential is there, but it's covered. Take the tomb off. Remove it. Take the stone. It stinks. Yes, it does. But let the Lord look at the stink and heal you. Because that was what Martha was concerned. This thing is just, Lord, it's, it's, it's bad. Beyond repair. But if only you believe. Pierre Obisi, we're going higher. I pray that you have that desire. The Lord, I want to go deeper and higher. Romans 8, and then we'll conclude. Verse 5. Live by the Spirit is the second one. First one is open that tomb and let Christ have his way. Believe in his word. Live by the Spirit. Romans 8. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. That's what it is. If all your mindset is here and nothing wrong with Black Friday, but you are dying so much for yesterday, so Friday is Black Friday. And you went and that thing was out of stock and you got so mad. If that's your mindset, you, you live by the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they have the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. What it is, is if your mind is always on carnality, it leads to spiritual death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What it means is if you give your will, your passion, your zeal, your soul to this indwelling spirit, which is already here, you will receive life and peace. But if you give your attention to the flesh and what is going on here, you pursue all these carnalities and worldly things, it will lead to spiritual death. Because that which gives you life, the spirit of God, you begin to dissociate from him. As so though you are existing, 
but you are dead. Dead man walking. Dead church walking. May God forbid. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is subject to the law of God. No, indeed can it be. They have nothing in common, is what it's saying. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Remember what God said, or Jesus said concerning Sardis? I have weighed your works, and they are not pleasing to the Lord. Why? Because they are done carnally. They are done to receive. Oh, you did well. They are done to see, well, oh, I also did my part. As opposed to a devotion to him, spiritually. That is a flesh. Verse 11, and then we'll pray. But if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Now, that's a rhetorical question. Because we know that the spirit dwells in us. Oh, Hallelujah. Church, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Now, just, just say the Holy Spirit dwells in me. You, you may not, you know, yeah, you, you don't know. Sometimes you don't even know he's there. You haven't said good morning to him in many, 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 many weeks and months now. It's okay, but he is still here. If the Spirit of who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies. Through his spirit who dwells in you. Who dwells in you. What are we saying here then, pastor? Be sensitive to the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. Get your spiritual antennas activated. Don't switch that channel, as somebody would say. Don't go so far from that satellite, that station. But in our case, we bless the Lord that wherever we are, he is there. All you got to do is acknowledge him. Be led by the spirit. What does he mean? Allow the spirit to appropriate his will, the will of Christ in your life. Give your will up to him. A living sacrifice. Holy Spirit, take my will, my passion, my purpose, and make it unfold so that the end result will glorify your name. Be led. Those who are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Be obedient to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve him. Do X, do Y, do W. Ah, this one I can't. You are grieving him. He wants to manifest himself in you. But you're not allowing him. And so he's aggrieved. He's aggrieved. Once we do this, we will live. And it will not be said concerning us as the church of Sardis. Because the power of God will be activated in every single one of us. Every single one of us. You get up in the morning and you are so passionate. Lord, what is it that you got for me this morning? Lord, what can I do to win a soul? Lord, what can I do to make somebody's day brighter? Lord, what is it that is going on, Pierre BC, that I can help build your church? Lord, what is going on in my community? That I can present your love and your message to. You are passionate about the things that the Holy Spirit says, oh, I got an agenda for you. Here, not only the agenda, but I also have the empowerment for you to fulfill it. When your life is daily and constantly in this routine, you will live. You will not die. And the glory of the Lord will be made manifest. May the Lord bless you.
I said, may the Lord bless you. May he quicken himself in us. May he activate himself once again in us. Cause us to be on fire for him. If there is any spirit of death trying to infiltrate, trying to bound us up in our ways, in our thinking, in our philosophy, in our ministry, in our service for the Lord, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And we allow the power of the Holy Spirit to have himself room to operate, even in this church. Once we do that, not only would people say you are alive on the outside, but also in the sight of God, we will be alive. Rise up on your feet. Rise up on your feet. Rise up on your feet. Oh, cabrando sitabra. Begin to just bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord as you are led by the Spirit. Yes, Jesus. We bless your name, O God. We bless your name, O God. In the name of Jesus. Breathe over me the breath of God. Sweep over me the Spirit of God. Change my whole being. Transform me.
Sweep over me the Spirit of God. Change my whole being, my mindset, my focus, my passion, my zeal, and transform me. Cause me, Lord, to do your whole, not some, not partial, not even most, but your whole will. Lift up your mouth and begin to pray unto the Lord. That is our prayer this morning. Come on, somebody, talk to the Lord. says that we may be dead not only that but even the things that are remaining are getting ready to die oh we pray spirit of a living God mercy 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 we repent Jesus breathe upon us blow over us transform us cause us to do your will Give us life. Resuscitate us. Reactivate us. Bring vitality that we will do according to your will. That your name will be glorified in this church and in the midst of your people. Take absolute glory even now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining us. We pray that you were blessed. Click on the other episodes to continue on this journey with us. Don't forget to share and follow this podcast. God bless you.